0: All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Dr. Katie in the studio. We're gonna be talking a little bit the balance of mentorship, so here we go. new intro and everything. That's really new to you. Yeah. <laughs> I like surprising people with it. We had Caroline in here last Thursday or whatever it was and um, she was just like in awe like staring at the screen. I'm like Caroline take it easy. She's like I love it. <laughs> um, So yeah uh, thanks for joining me Katie. First time right. in the new space weirdly enough.
1: Ish. I think so. I feel like there was Mm. There was a leadership
0: meeting in here in August. I think that was the last time that you and I sat in this room together. That's probably a true story. So yeah, uh, we decided just to kind of warm the day up um, with some stuff talking about mentorship because we have a talk with uh, MSU here later this afternoon. But one thing that you had brought up kind of in discussion with that was a, um, article that I'll have linked in the description here, uh, to, um, a mentoring guidelines from the American animal hospital association. It's a little bit old, but, um, when we heard originally talking about that, it was really just about setting, um, kind of the standards on both sides, right. Of what a mentor mentee relationship is and kind of our own opinions on how it's gotten skewed. And then we kind of paused the conversation to pick it up here. So I'll let you kind of kick off what brought it up for you.
1: Well, in a big part we talk about at PAW and in the profession is fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the issues in veterinary medicine that we've identified is lack of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And one of the repeating themes I see on different veterinary boards, you know, when I see people leaving, you know, jobs, wanting to change jobs, it's a lack of mentorship. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think one of the underlying um, issues with this lack of mentorship mm-hmm. is that the relationship isn't defined.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You go, I was promised mentorship. What what did that actually mean? Because I have a feeling it meant two very different things mm-hmm. to the people in that relationship, and it wasn't successful because. I am over here with my definition of what men- mentoring is, mm-hmm. and you are over here with your definition of what being a mentee is, and it's a divergent pathway. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah.
0: You know, It's not sustainable. Right. 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 Um, And that was um, kind of, you know, it it colors a little bit about what we're going to do a little bit later today. But um, in looking through this article, that's really what they detail out is just, it's not necessarily the like best way or the worst ways or like tips and tricks and that sort of stuff of um, setting, you know, what you're supposed to do in a mentor mentee relationship. But it's more about just setting that standard. What are you expecting out of me? What am I expecting out of you? Um, And making sure that, you're not at least going to diverge too far away from each other to expect perfection is probably not a fair standard to set. Um Well, and
1: no, and I think it's a it's a great opportunity in that relationship mm-hmm. to practice conflict.
0: Yeah. Right? Absolutely. When absolutely
1: when something doesn't go right, whether mm-hmm. it is communication with a client, whether it is a surgical procedure, uh and the mentor needs to provide some sort of constructive feedback about that um, and to say, can it be done in a positive way? Yes. Mm-hmm. But are you going to accept that feedback positively also? Yeah. Um, and, and so, like I said, it, it sets the stage for, you know, being able to work through conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have the conversation about, okay, how are we going to handle this? when it arises because it will ahead of time, you have already like again kind of setting the stage for success instead of failure
0: Mm -hmm. and that actually goes back a little bit to what um, Carlo and I had talked about about like the difference between a a star mentor and a star leader is having kind of the self-awareness to know which way you align because um, although you and I are very different people I think one of the things that we share is that we we lend ourselves more towards being leaders or just pace setters not necessarily people that lead from behind and kind of push everybody forward and there's again like as we talked about in the previous podcast there's nothing wrong with having that one way or the other but you have to know who you are as well as if you're a mentee what are you looking for are you looking for somebody that you're trying to chase after and like that you know that that will propel you forward or do you need somebody to come behind you and kind of help you pick up when you feel like you're slowing down um so having that perspective is is pretty crucial at the onset of a uh that type of relationship um you know what it basically wanted to kind of flip through this thing too um and just touch on some of the highlights that i found um because I actually found it to be very interesting. Um, I've watched TED Talks and different stuff. And um, you know, mentoring is something that is um, almost to the point. And I think the thing that is, is pushing it in the way that we're going to talk about is it's getting cliche. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, it's become one of those words that everybody uses. Yeah. And nobody, again, nobody really defines.
0: Right. Right. Right, it's it's a uh, it's similar to the way that I see our culture use the word accountability. It's like we all want it, but right. no one knows what it actually means. Um, so yeah, definitely mentorship is one of those things. And um, you know what? What did there? Well, let's see here. Um, yeah, the, and the, I'm
1: interested, mm-hmm. to, like for you to bring up a couple of the points, just because okay, you are an, started out as an outsider to veterinary oh, yeah. medicine, mm-hmm. um, but you've kind of, you've seen. Different mm-hmm. the different stages of our mentorship at paw. And mm-hmm. I mean, some of those sometimes those end up more successful than others. It's just the way it, mm-hmm. life works. And so again, I'm interested to kind of find out where what caught your eye.
0: Yeah. And uh it's my background. Like I've actually been pretty blessed that I've had a few mentors already in my life that have you know, it's been in different circles and that sort of stuff, but I tend to create few but deep relationships. Um, So it does lend me a little bit more into that role. But uh, yeah, one of the things that kind of caught my eye is really just like, what is a mentor expected to provide in a general sense? It's the mentor provides valuable knowledge, expertise, and support, while the mentee provides enthusiasm and an open mind. Um, That is probably the thing that I guess, like for me, I, I... probably creates that relationship a little easier. I love being enthusiastic. I love thinking about things in different ways. When I was over at Catch All, um, one of the indicators on um, the advanced insights is coachability. And every time I would see that, I would be like, that's what you have to maximize on. Because when you're trying to create these relationships with people that have more wisdom, more intelligence than you that's what they're gonna look for. They're not gonna to want to have what they say fall on deaf ears. So the more that you can engage with it in a way that's effective for the both of you and you can um, challenge it really in, in practice, but also just in um, kind of the abstract, the, the better they you both get. Because if I have an idea and I share it with you, and you say, well, what if we do it this way and we just engage, now we're both improving. I think that's the thing that's missing and what you kind of wanted to hit on. It's like mentorship isn't just a one-way street. It's not the mentor just feeding down. That's a lecture. (laughs) and there's a there's a place for that but it's school (laughs) um and that was i think that's that's kind of the shift that we're really looking for once these students come from school and they step foot into the clinic it's like no we're we're this is back and forth Mm -hmm. here so uh kind of what are what are your thoughts there on kind of the back and forth
1: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and i um I'll bring up the last extern. Um, It was really, I really enjoyed our last student extern because Mm -hmm. it was um, certainly a more of a conversation between. Well, this is you know what I've done in school. This is, and she had a couple. She had some before vet school experiences that were very unique, Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, that, like I said, I. I certainly feel like she learned from myself and and Carlo, but um, I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, learning from her as well. It was engaging, right? right
0: it right. was it wasn't just that that one way that one way street, and that was kind of one of the things that as I was reading through this, it was um, really about um, kind of the sustainability of these relationships. Is it's. I I, don't get me wrong. There are people that will that will find balance in distributing more than receiving. um, But it can't all just be one way or the other. And and what that does is it creates that sustainability within balance. Um, And that's why setting the stage is so important. It's like, well, what are you expecting from balance? Um, And I think the more that you're out of balance, the thing that I think it generates into is burnout on one way or the other. I don't like this relationship because I'm not getting what I need out of it. Whether we've talked about it or not, it's just not working.
1: Right. And I think that if, when you have that imbalance, uh, not only, I just don't think it provides the mentee, or even if the mentee thinks they're getting everything that they quote unquote want, mm-hmm. uh, the goal is to create some sort of independence. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that that, so the relationship really should evolve over time as well, where I'm showing you how to do this. We're doing it together. And then you're off doing it on your own Mm -hmm. and whatever it is managing a diabetic or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it doesn't, you know, that it sounds like I'm talking solely about surgery, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Um, you know, the, the goal is to, like I said, gain independence and then find the next thing. And mm-hmm. if that means moving on to a new mentor, then that's what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and that's that's kind of the other thing is is you're you're looking to kind of just broaden your understanding of a skill set for the right. most part. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about on here and. Um, you know, things that I've identified just from, again, an outsider's perspective is one of the biggest gaps. And I think probably one of the biggest things to learn in practice is communication because there's so much focus on didactic and then the the tangible skills. Um, Don't get me wrong. Like there is a huge portion of a a mentorship, especially straight out of vet school. That's like, I got to learn how to do surgery because I've only been able to do so much. It doesn't really matter where you go at this point or Clinical experience, that sort of stuff. You got to have somebody that's you know willing to kind of push you to the next level. Um, but the the thing that I've noticed is because of the emphasis on those two sides, there's this gap between most of our your newly practicing vets in the caregivers it's like we got to speak the same language and and there's some learning to be done there um, because it's really hard to focus on that I think during those four years of vet school because there's so much of the didactic stuff you have to stuff in there
1: yeah uh, and I think there's a certain amount of the communication side of it with um, in mentorship that can happen like with us I think a big part of the mentorship at PAW from a communication standpoint is understanding informed consent. Mm -hmm. But you still have to find your own voice. Mm -hmm. Like I don't go into a room and use the same, the exact same words Carlo would use. Mm -hmm. The talk path, what is everything that is communicated is the same. But if I don't use Katie's voice, Mm I'm actually not going to achieve my goal. Mm-hmm. If I try to say things the way Carlo would say it, I'm not going to hit all the points I need to say. Mm-hmm. So um, providing some of that structure, I think, helps to facilitate mm-hmm. um, gaining those communication skills. But certainly there's so much of it that you just have to practice right. over and over again and figure out, okay, th- this worked, this didn't. Um
0: yeah, and that's, that actually kind of brings me to the next thing that caught my eye in here was um, you know, as a mentee, you will be encouraged to think and manage, and I would add communicate independently, right? So your, your, your mentor it likely and shouldn't say that they do have all the answers. Right. Um, if you have somebody that says, like, I'm going to take you from point A to point B and I'm you're not going to miss a step along the way, well, that's a lie. Uh, I think uh, the, the intention of our mentorship program is not about um, not realizing success or, I guess, minimizing its failure. It's just like having failure safely, like being able to walk into a room and have a structure of things to talk about within the informed consent process and saying, go right like, and you're gonna fumble uh, it's it's no different from t- teaching people to work up front it's like the next 10 phone calls the first 10 they're just gonna be awful right Just tell the person right away that you've never done this before and this is the first time. And if you really need somebody to step in, that's why we have trainers, that sort of stuff. Um, But there's only so much that you can learn before you actually do it. Um, But the more that you can create uh, a relationship that encourages that independence, um, focused a little bit more on just setting the like the the pillars they have to stand on but then they build up from there i I think is the best way to do it and then everybody just kind of does that in their own way how do you set the pillars is really the question of the mentorship relationship um i know you didn't have a ton of mentee um experience like you didn't have like a super like defined mentorship experience outside of school but do you have anything that really kind of set those pillars for you
1: well, and so I was thinking, so if we, mm-hmm. we talk, right. So in undergrad, um, I had great mentors, um, which I think is why when I went to vet school and kind of struggled to really find um, a, an informal mentor and then mm-hmm. formally got matched um, with my mentor. And, and certainly he, and I talked about him in my podcast, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was it was really... Um, nice to have someone that had, you know, been in practice and then was in a non-traditional um, role and kind of allowed me to see all of that and, and talk to him about all of that. But it wasn't like we were, we didn't have a formal agreement like this. I hadn't, at that point in time, this hadn't been published. And mm-hmm. I actually don't think I read this until probably 2010 Twelve, maybe Mm -hmm. you know i didn't read this right away Mm -hmm. um maybe even later to be perfectly honest (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with that (laughs) so but then right going into first year second year in the actual profession um no other veterinarians i did not have i did not see as mentors Mm -hmm. um probably from a true mentor relationship um and now she remains one of my good friends and she works um it for one of the corporate practices as, you know mm-hmm. as a trainer and she's a supervisor now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now it's, it's interesting that now I own a practice and she's a supervisor. And so we can continue, we actually kind of continue that informal, um, relationship where we can talk about work and say, Oh yeah, I'm having, you know, these communicate. And it, uh, most of the time it's about communication, right? This, you know, this person's underperforming because this communication issue happened. Mm Um, uh, but initially, uh, we when we met, we were both working at the same practice and had moved from more rural practices and just getting used to practicing kind of small animal exclusive mm-hmm. in, and not that is a big city, but different than certainly a, a very rural practice setting.
0: Yeah, and that actually, so that type of a relationship, I think, is one that is... Um, a good example uh because it, because it, you never you didn't walk into that relationship expecting a like a mentor mentee type thing right, right? and i think that's the cool that that highlights a neat function of these types of relationships It is not necessarily about just the distribution of information or wisdom it's it it, it is uh creating an effective feedback loop between right. each other yeah. because you're both going to build each other up
1: well and i do want to interrupt because I failed mm-hmm. to mention? So she is a licensed technician. Mm-hmm. She yep. is not a veterinarian. So I I encourage young veterinarians um, if they you know if they can find a very a, a technician with a lot of experience, like you can learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I sure did.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that was so one of the things. A um, little bit of an aside, but I. I scroll Instagram and like on the paw page, like I follow absolutely everything that I can. Cause I, like you said, I'm an outsider. So I got to get my feel for what's happening out in the world. But one of the things that came up was it was, it was satire and it was something about like, there's nothing worse than like a grumpy old vet tech like the, or like the senior vet tech or something like that. It's probably the meanest person you're ever going to meet. And I'm like, well, that's not effective at all. <laughs> How about we walk into this potential relationship and try and learn something rather than just assuming that just because they've been doing this for 20 years, they're going to be crotchety and mean Because, like, Trevor, he's, you know, he's probably one of our best teachers. And and for those that are coming into our organization on that level or outside, you know, for the new docs, too, like, they all say, like, he's he's super great to work with because he doesn't just spoon feed everything. Right. Um, And he's really supportive. But also, like... He'll challenge him when he has to. There, and he, it's it's one of those things that he's probably just he's accidentally learned. He's probably never taken a specific action to get great at what he does, um, but over well, time, I think it he's comes
1: learned- back. Sorry, uh, yep. you know, it comes back to serving the patient, right? Yeah. Yep. It, he um, he does his job. He does his job well. He knows when he needs to advocate for the patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other things that's uh, Kind of showed uh, or uh, stood out. Excuse yep. me. Was under there's a there's a section under uh, mentee roles and responsibilities. Again, this is probably going to be a little bit more of the focus of the conversation yeah, because absolutely. the mentor side is I think a little bit more self explanatory. But uh, the the second point in there is takes responsibility to own the relationship, discusses and priorities, professional needs and goals. Um, the reason that this one stood out is they put own in highlight or in uh, quotation marks because we talk about that every day up down left and right um as a a fundamental piece of our creating accountability process and um that just takes a one small chunk of it and it basically says you as a mentee have the power to um create a relationship that you need as long as you're willing to say what it is and go out into the world and find it it's not going to be brought to you um or i shouldn't say it's very low likelihood um i th- you know i just believe that there are some um education systems that are doing like mentor pairing and that sort of right, stuff so which is, you, you might get lucky but and
1: yeah. and again that's the one mentor i had in in vet school you know that was a one of those match programs yep. um and 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 the good thing is he he was a volunteer to that program so it was something he was interested in doing was you know willing to invest the time which is is fantastic um and i can see though on on the flip side where if it's like okay we're matched now and then you meet Mm -hmm. and you chat and if you don't take the you know if you don't take the opportunity at that first meeting to kind of define hey, how often are we going to meet? Mm-hmm. Are we just going to... And again, my my vet school experience was like before text messaging and social mm-hmm. media and all of those things. So it was phone calls and emails.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. Had to be a little more deliberate about <laughs> <Right>. it.
1: <laughs> um, and so if you actually read the article as well, mm-hmm. um, it talks about phone calls and mm-hmm. emails mm-hmm. and even like... Oh gosh, I think hand letters and things like that that aren't necessarily as I don't want to say necessary, um, but certainly I wouldn't expect like a a mailed in letter. Hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think email is certainly professional enough for this type of yeah. Thing.
0: I, I, and I would say that's that's kind of the the big thing is like the the world. Um, Pre-COVID had gotten significantly smaller, and now post-COVID, it's like since everyone's so used to digital inter- interaction, right. um, at this point, there's the 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 excuse of the barrier of distance doesn't really exist. Um, it, it used to substantially more, but at this point, um, not really something that you can kind of fall on. So, what does that do? It just opens the door to more opportunity, um, but. If you let's say you're you know, um, third, fourth year, whatever, and you're really just trying to get your feet in to have a clinical experience somewhere where it's like, Hey, I like the way that this person thinks. Um, and you do that outreach process and they say yes, and then you show up there and they say, What are you look, get, looking to get out of this? and it, you just have no answer. That's where you know, you as a mentee own this process because a really good mentor um, will first start with what are your expectations? What are you trying, what are, what are you seeking out of a relationship with me? And then what am I seeking out of you? Because I wouldn't have, as a mentor said, yes, if I wasn't interested in engaging in helping you improve your career. Um, Like that's, I think that part's the given. And that's why we kind of not necessarily avoid it. We just don't have to talk about it. But as a mentee, how do you want to advance your career? What are you looking for within this three week period? Or, you know, if I decide to hire you within the, the allotted amount of time for us, that three month time that you really need to focus on so that you can hit the ground running once I'm not standing right here. Here. and that 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 element of self-awareness I think is probably the most important thing that they can have
1: well and that is exactly what I was just thinking is that if you can you know do that going into you know each of your elective um, externships you know well I'm going to do we're going to be primarily emergency okay what do I need to work on in emergency, if if I have the opportunity, what are the things I know I need to do Um, and practicing so that, okay, now I'm going to an elective GP practice. Okay. What are my weaknesses in wellness and preventive care that I need to work on? Um, And yeah, that kind of self critique Mm -hmm. carries a negative connotation, Mm -hmm. but it is being able to self-evaluate yourself mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yourself and say, "Yep, this is what I need to work on and help me how can you help me do it?" And then uh, you know, um I really liked the part and it was where what does the mentor provide? Provides resources and solutions um not necessarily like you said all the answers.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. I we talked about this and this is how i would approach this case this is how i would approach this surgery these are the tools that i've used this textbook this inter- this article this whatever um, i really recommend reading it mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because that's where you built your base of knowledge off of. Um, That's why I think, you know, when we do these, and, like, I have a hard time not trying to talk about the books that I've read. (laughs) It's a similar thing. Like, yeah, you can get it from me, but I'm not the guy that, originated this thought or whatever that is. Um, And that actually brings me to kind of an interesting thing and kind of looking at the stuff that you're going to be talking about a little bit later today is um, when you made the transition from mixed animal to small animal, like there was a lot of extra outside of work time invested in right. g- uh, setting the knowledge base necessary to succeed at at least a base level in that general practice setting. Um, I guess, you know, as somebody who um, is fortunate enough to be in a position to mentor other students, what w- what is a reasonable expectation in your mind of like what a person should be doing outside of school or a work setting well, in terms of getting knowledge?
1: And this is um, I wanted to circle back to advanced insights and yep. this is a good circle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think in it would be beneficial, like if you are going into a mentor-mentee relationship, that if you, guys, if you have that information in front of you and you can share it with one another, so mm-hmm. you get, at least get an idea of the type of personalities that you're dealing with. And for me, for a lot of people, or for a lot of our employees, like, yeah, I like the disc part of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the personality? The motivators. Mm -hmm. I, I I come back to like my main motivators theoretical. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just told one of the students, like, I like to learn just for the sake of learning because I'm nerdy like that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, even at home and I'm on social media, I'm hopping on clinician's brief and reading like Mm vet articles because it's interesting
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and that's (laughs) and that
1: isn't relaxing or enjoyable to everyone right I gain um a certain amount of enjoyment from doing that that isn't work to me Mm -hmm. um so for me to say you should be spending this much time out of work um or you know putting this much extra time (sighs) I'm not sure as a Fair statement, but you aren't going to learn everything you need to learn in the first, you know, within the confines of a 40-hour work week. Mm-hmm. It is just isn't going to happen. Um, and And some of that is when you start a new job, learning the computer system. Learning whether you get like direct like whether you get direct um, information like you would from advanced insights or just having to learn people's personalities by interacting with them um, and kind of figuring out okay how do I communicate best with these people um, like I said the uh, computer system how you're gonna write your notes all the talking to the caregivers um, that have been with the practice for. 25 years and, and you're the new person that they have to learn to trust. So, you know, that, that takes time too. Those are skills that need to be developed. In addition to, again, um, I certainly, it it is a, it's not that I, you can, you will never stop learning, but it certainly is very heavy. I would say first two to three years out of practice, you know, in practice, Mm -hmm. um,
0: Yeah. And that's that's kind of the purpose, though, of the relationship. Right. Right. It's to kind of accelerate that time frame. And I think you hit on something that's really important in um, in, uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with. um, They don't know that they do. And I'm trying to figure out the right way to put it is like for us. The whole team has a shared purpose, right? The whole team is to serve the patients, and and I there's nobody here that kind of lacks that understanding. But when you take that that step further, and you say, okay, well, then kind of the the why of the why is like for me, you know, I'm the economic and political and theoretical as well. But um, you know, we we all have these different values that are kind of intrinsic, a little bit more to our upbringing, um, and you hit on something that's really important within self-awareness is it's not necessarily that there is a um, a right or a wrong expectation of learning outside of work or outside of that mentor-mentee relationship. It's more about knowing um, or setting that your the in all likelihood the most successful mentor and mentee relationships share at least a few values right. because for you to mentee someone that's a low theoretical that is a utility learner would probably be more difficult than someone that's just super receptive to knowledge. Um, and also typically You know, if you have somebody that's high theoretical, not only will they be receptive, they will seek to distribute as much as they can as well, because they that's what they value. Well, I'm going to bring value to somebody else. Um, So being able to have kind of that that more core of like why it is that we do what we do. Um, is is uh, a really important thing um, so the more that you can understand what those seven motivators are and you know if you go back to team crafting which I believe is somewhere between 16 and 19 um, <laughs> I do I do detail out all of those um, so definitely go and check that out but yeah I think that's that's kind of a, an important um, process of evaluating that relationship yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: and mm-hmm.
1: well and that um, you know you <laughs> talks about mentor roles and responsibilities is to ensure that the mentee understands and commits to the practice mission vision and values yep and so for and this is more specific i guess for the like a new graduate going you know getting hired to their first practice wanting a mentor before you sign up if like if they say i'm going to provide mentorship okay what are what is the practices vision what what is the mission and if if your mentor doesn't know that, you guys aren't going to have shared purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and so you know, I I think that would be number one, like red flag. Um, and the other thing that this was a new thought for me as we were kind of talking about sitting down to do this. Um, so many times people are like, well, here's my contract, and and this is, and these are my benefits, and. And, you know, oh, and I've I've been promised mentorship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the article talks about having like a written agreement. And, I mean, it's really, if a big part of your job fulfillment is going to be, and and not that, I mean, money matters. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to make a living. Mm -hmm. But realistically, if your success in that practice is going to, hinge on the mentorship that you are being provided why aren't you like get that in writing
0: yeah yeah
1: what what is your expectation of me because this is this is what i am expecting and again it's that kind of shared okay now we both come into it with you know the similar expectations and that way when you aren't getting the Mm -hmm. mentorship that you guys had mutually agreed upon Mm -hmm three months down the line you can say hey this is this was my expectation we agreed to this is there a way we can like steer back down this path
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and actually goes to the next thing about kind of that maintenance that was the next thing that really came that, that stood out to me was like what is the um, expectation of evaluating this along the way because um, no different from any relationship um, there are points um, that you're gonna kind of I call them grow up moments because that's what I've done with all of my friends but um, <laughs> basically like are we going to go further are we gonna go beyond this point or you know are we just gonna say now we're, we're friends but we're not best friends or, or whatever Right. Um, and, and that. That's uh having a a scheduled period of time to do that is really important and that's like for us, that's where the the ninety day Um, Mark kind of came around, it's not that that's the only point of consideration on how things are going, but it's, it's scheduled, it's deliberate. And then it's every six months, if not more often thereafter. Um, but it allows the opportunity. it's just a designed opportunity for both sides to basically say whatever it is that they have to say. Um, there's not a, um, again, a right or wrong within that. And the more that you can lay that out at the onset of that relationship, the more likely it is to succeed over time because what does that do it allows you to actually have tenants of accountability like hey man we agreed to this and you're not holding up your end of the bargain and the let in the looser that you are at the onset you're either going to just flounder for a while sometimes you'll get lucky and it'll work that happens all the time but if you're in this like um midst of a lack of clarity of what the expectations are at like at some it gets, point it's i
1: i think it you can have certainly we we've dealt with situations where it's like here's this loose definition let's just get our feet wet and see what happens
0: absolutely um
1: mm-hmm. and you can still you know if there's vulnerability and trust and all of those things come together you can still be successful, and lay kind of groundwork later. Mm-hmm. However, it becomes much more emotional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there, Like, it just does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you can't... And, and when emotions get involved, it does make it harder to come over the other side. Mm-hmm. So if you can, again, like you said, lay the groundwork, um, and then we kind of don't run in... it's not that we can eliminate emotions out of it completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not the way veterinary medicine works, Mm -hmm. period. Um, But uh, the more clarity you can have at the beginning... I do think sets you up for success long-term.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other things, too, with that, that kind of, and it's it's a little, it's not, like, specifically, like, within one's individual section, but I think one of the things that they really, um, that colors this whole article is, um, there's there's definite value in having goals, right? And like being able to set like what are my expectations? What are my measurables? Um, I believe they talk about smart goals they, in here. Very
1: very briefly, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's I mean something I feel like gets talked about at many points in careers. I yeah. feel like over and over again, <laughs> I,
0: I, I used to be a big, uh, I used to try to think that way. Um, cause I used to think I was a goal motivated person, but, um, I think that there's an, an interesting dichotomy there between like, yeah, you gotta know where it is that you're headed at least a little bit, but also you have to be more willing to buy into the process and not be super concerned about taking the most direct path towards the goal because sometimes you're going to wander off to the left because there's something over there that you have to know and you're going to, you're going to detour back, you know, and you're not going to lose your heading, but it's not that that super direct path. Um, And even with a great mentor mentee relationship, there's it's it's essentially an impossibility for that person to just lay the yellow brick road and say right. this is how you get to Oz. Um, they're not going to have every answer. And if you walk into that relationship, assuming think they that-
1: do. You're going to pull the curtain back and find out that they don't. <laughs>
0: I'm so glad that 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 metaphor works, because <laughs> I just it just came out of nowhere, um, but yeah, like valuing that learning process, right. I think it is really operative. Um, the other thing too in thinking about some of the other like potential red flags is um, setting. Um, your own individual um, necessity for like um, what is success in like defining it. So um, one of the things that within the advanced insights that I really like to hit on, especially um, for people that have never been exposed to it, is what's called role awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's a zero to 10 scale. And the higher the number, the more detail that person generally desires okay. in like set, like what is my path to success? The yeah. higher the number, the, d- the deeper the job description, basically. God,
1: see these, that... This is the one I struggle with the most yeah. is the end of this. And I'm glad you're
0: talking
1: about this <laughs> specifically right now.
0: Yeah, that that's um. so that one is is interesting because it sets the standard for kind of how to train the person, right. but also the po- uh, positive or plus equals and minus indicators um, tells me um, a little bit about their headspace and how satisfied and fulfilled they are in life. No, most of the time it's professional. Sometimes it's personal, like if they have a. Some people have such a phenomenal personal relationship with their uh, partner or whatever. Like, it can over-color. Like, I don't really like my job, but I don't care. Or they can have such a shitty marriage that it's like, I love my job, but I hate everything else. But generally speaking, it's uh, a professional station in life. But really hitting on, um, you know, that that level of definition is if I'm in the position of I'm seeking a mentor, the first thing I'm going to do is... Write out their job description because I, I have the utmost opportunity to lay out as much detail for them as I need, and that because if I'm okay working in that that loose environment, they now know that because I just walked into the room and said I don't need a ton, but I need you to really hit these big things and like just be willing to hear me out. Or if I'm somebody that really needs to have the you know the, the four deep process the more that that person knows it at the onset, um, they'll just be able to be honest with you because some people can't handle that. I know like you and I, we have a hard time in really laying out um, in, unless it's out of absolute necessity, um, (laughs) the the super deep, you know, to the T process um, versus some other people really value that. And that's the only way that they can think. So the more that you can set the standard of, basically, um, how deep does this (laughs) description have to go? Um, the easier it, 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 it's, it's really just about that, right? It's ease of setting the relationship right Right. from the get go. Yep. Um, some, some other stuff that's, that's in there is also going to be self-direction. Um, so, um, I think that the, the, the really within that variable, the important part is, just assume, even if you don't know, that a mentee is minned out on self-direction. <laughs> they don't know where they're headed. Right now, some people will have a pretty good idea, but um, a mentor—I I would say that a mentor's part in that relationship is just being a resource to help that person figure it out, and not necessarily saying, "Here, kid, I'm going to point you this way. Run. Just trust the fog." It's like no, like they're gonna take a step and they're gonna ask, they're gonna look back and they're gonna ask you a question, right?
1: Well, and I think this goes back into that the I hate to call it old school, but the way the profession was set up, you know, these small practices where the older vet hired the younger vet, and you're gonna buy my practice in this many years, like I'm gonna sell it to you, so like let's do this. Mm -hmm. Come work for me. Mm -hmm. And then I'll sell you my practice. And then you're going to do that. You're going to do the same thing. You're going to work for 20 years, and then you're going to hire someone and you're going to sell this practice to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so to me, like, that's the vision I get, like, all right, come on, I'll be your mentor. (laughs) Because because I have a more self-serving purpose in mind. And you can't do that going into that relationship.
0: Uh, no, I, unless for some reason you both know that that's exactly where you're headed. It, but, but, but again, it, like it there's
1: sometimes even even then, um, and it's and I'm not saying that's a bad um, situation. Like if you want to own a practice, yeah. yep. and there is someone that you know owns a, a practice and they uh, you know are looking to sell you know in the next however many years and that is your goal Mm -hmm. and you guys talk you know and that's a mutual mutually agreed upon goal Mm -hmm. that is great yeah right Mm -hmm. and you um work towards that if that's the case however then that mentor at some point also needs to include you in the business side of things Mm -hmm. because again uh, um just kind of the stories you hear. I got hired. I've spent five years working here. Now they want to sell to me, Mm -hmm. but I have no idea about what's going on with the actual business of this practice. That was never a, uh, mentor mentee relationship for purchasing and, and being business partners or being a business mentor. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, again, um, so, defining yes, this is this is our ultimate goal, and how are we going to get there?
0: Yeah, that's that. That's what I was going to kind of circle Sorry. back to, right? <laughs> is like, um, if you have. Um, Basically, non-associate level interests. Right. So for us, we talk about there's the shelter medicine interest and ER and um, administrative or the three that and wellness, I think is yeah. our fourth defined yeah. one. Um, but that's why we put that in there right away is like, okay, let's just acknowledge the very potential reality that you're not going to be an associate veterinarian or CVT um, for the full duration of your career at some point you're probably going to get somewhere outside of that um, which is either going to be like management ownership something right ed- education I'm not really sure what interests you um and the more that that can kind of again color the initial portion of that relationship uh the better because you avoid that roadblock later uh, down right. the road yep. yeah um one more thing because we got to wrap up here in okay. just a little bit. Let me Actually. see if I can find it here. Um, that, yes, this was the other thing is um, understanding our audience of um, primarily um, veterinary school students seeking a DVM um, cert, um, title. I'm I, sorry, I, I don't know the exact word there, but uh, accreditation. There it is, if that's the right word. It feels right. Both mentee and mentor can broaden the other's understanding of complex issues, and um, another great benefit is that with the rapid advance of veterinary knowledge, mentors will be able to learn the most up-to-date medicine from their recently trained colleague. Um that's something that I think uh, could potentially get taken for granted pretty uh, pretty immediately And one thing that um, Caroline had talked about in the last podcast that we did was um, when she graduated vet school, there were people in the setting that were saying this is the smartest you'll ever be which triggered the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> um, but I but I get it in principle right because what what does that mean? You have a very wide knowledge base you're being just hammered with so much stuff and then over time it tapers down like you find where your niche is somewhere along the way and your knowledge base gets deeper it's not necessarily that you get it dumber you just have a you go from wide and shallow to narrow and deep and um, walking into um, any mentee mentor relationship I think that that's a pretty important understanding because like my understanding of your analysis results might be different because what I've been exposed to is different. And then what does that do? It creates an opportunity for a productive exchange, not just for one person to say that they're right and the other person to um, just have to go with it. Um, When you were working with the new docs, did you experience that at all with them where there was kind of that interchange on um, anything medically, I guess, anything that stands out?
1: can't uh, – well, when you're talking about that, the thing, I guess, that I really – that struck me mm-hmm. was yeah. the perfect example, right, is – so Carlo and I have been out of vet school for almost 15 years now, um, and that knowledge base for me is, you know, has funneled very differently than him. Yeah. Can we do – like, is there a ton of overlap? Absolutely, but are there things that I'm going to call him and be like, "Hey, <laughs> I need you to walk me through this real quick and are there th- and there are certainly times when I get a phone call at like midnight, okay, I've got this. what do you think? Mm-hmm. So um, you know the the skill the skill sets there's value to all of the different skill sets mm-hmm. uh, is is, guess what I was trying to say
0: yeah and that was um so when we had the uh, gentleman here from the um, sheriff's office oh mm -hmm. uh, and I was trying to explain that it's like um you know in the event of a significant trauma or something like that it's like no Katie knows how to uh stabilize right like that's really you know you focus on the internal medicine side or something like that and then Carlo a little bit more of the artist in in the surgical sense it's like you know, in, in that and trying to explain that relationship to somebody that doesn't know like the full depth of how intense veterinary medicine is, um, that can be be easily misunderstood as one, because one thing solves the problem, um, that that can be overvalued. Whereas what I think what you're kind of say is like, it, it doesn't really matter where you're putting your value, the whole point of each piece is to serve the patient. So if you're really good at the beginning, it doesn't mean that it's less valuable to the whole picture, even though it doesn't put the period at the end of the sentence. Right. Yep. Um, so, so really it's, it, I, th- I think that's a good way to kind of wrap up is, um, you know, with, with, a with a mentor and a mentee, um, you know, the mentee is going to have that wider range, right. And, and be able to ask some leading questions kind of throughout that whole process because the, the information that they have is again, wider, but more shallow. Um, and it allows them to, to kind of, Accidentally, or I guess naturally, accidental is not the right word, but naturally funnel in a way that is really interesting to them. Um, and then that's reinforced through what they're learning outside of work and that right. sort of stuff.
1: Well, and there are certainly, to get back to like mm-hmm. with the new graduates, I yep. would probably say like, so they would ask a question, well, why do you do that? It's like, uh, I'm pretty sure I learned why <laughs> at some point. Yeah. And now I just do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, going back to find that resource or mm-hmm. or there's questions that they ask and i'm just like i don't know it's like but we can probably find it out if we look here or here or here mm-hmm. so let's go do that yeah together
0: yep you ever you ever find that really weird that like you become just like your own library and you forget <laughs> where sources come from but it's like i know this is right and i can't tell you why that's such a, because I've read so many things that are within the same ballpark of right. like communication and, and kind of leadership stuff. It's like, that's in a book, which one I, I, f- I forgot which one yep. at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, really wanted to, again, just touch a little bit on some of the stuff that's within this article here. And um, again, with you know, we're almost, you know, it's it's February, but that means we're almost to May, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those that are going to be listening to this are probably going to be setting these um, the their first career mentor out of school here relatively shortly if they haven't already done that. Um, so what would you kind of, if you had to get in the ear of a vet school student today that's walking into a relationship, kind of what would you... Um, What would you be your best advice to them
1: like i said i will go back to if one of the things that was a a linchpin to you accepting your job because most people have already accepted their if you are a fourth year student you have probably already accepted a job offer Mm -hmm. um or are considering job offers if one of those things is mentorship in the practice make them define it before you sign on the dotted line Um, one, it, it shows, it just demonstrates how important it actually is to you. Um, and then two, it lays the groundwork for success. Mm -hmm. The more clear you can be, the better, um, kind of definition you can have of your expectations from the beginning, the, at least, like I said, it may not end up being successful, but you've at least set yourself up for, to be successful.
0: Yeah, and that's, that was kind of where I was going to lead into is like once you have that, then be ready to walk in, um, ready uh, to be enthusiastic and as receptive as possible right. because the more that you can engage the process – at the very least, the faster you will know how effective that relationship will be, um, because if you, the more standoff, you, the more you stand off, the slower it develops, and it's going to develop into a good thing or a not good thing. So the more that you push that process, the faster you'll have that definition, and the sooner that you can get into a relationship that is ideal for the way in which you want to learn and kind of what you want to do with your career. Yep, um, that is. We're, we're pretty much right on yeah. time there. So um, thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate the time. And we'll see you guys next time.